Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. Um, very, very excited to be speaking to Travis Todd. Travis is in um, Cambridge, Maryland at Ocean Odyssey and uh, has a really neat story. It's a family-owned business. It's been around. Uh, it's evolved um, several times, and I'll get Travis to talk about that, but but it all goes back to 1947. So Travis is third-generation family running this business, uh, has some really uh, just great philosophies on what they're doing, what they're trying to do, and the way they go about business and the way they, uh, just the philosophies they have are, are really inspiring to me. So I was excited to get a chance to speak to him. So Travis, uh, thank you for being here today. Well, thanks for that introduction, man. It sounded, <laughs> you just got me excited. So um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I mean, look, you know, you, you all are uh you you clearly and folks if you go to um Ocean Odyssey's website, um it's actually toddseafood.com, T O D D Toddseafood.com. And uh you know, read their story and look at some of the videos of Travis talking about what they do. I mean, there's a lot of passion in this family. Um and it all evolves around really started as as a crabbing business, but around the type of food they use and, and you know, just where they fit in the community and what they're trying to do and kind of drawing their line in the sand and, and holding themselves to high standards and, and educating the community about what they're doing. So what you all are doing is just so cool. And, and I mean, this is, this is kind of, you know, type of folks you are and the philosophies you have are just uh, exactly the kinds of restaurants that uh, we're so fortunate to serve. And it's why we started schedule fly to, you know, hopefully have opportunity to serve lots of folks like y'all Travis. So, Give us the um, give us the little bit of the background. Um, so your, I guess it was it your grandparents that back in 1947 got started with a a, um, a crabbing business there on on the Maryland shore. And just tell me where tell me where that where it started and um, how it's evolved uh, to today. Yeah, it it was, and uh, you know, and I want to just take a minute and thank you again. Uh, you know, for the way that you that you put that. I mean it's it's nice to know that uh you know your I guess uh, impression of the business. You know, it's nice to know that you felt that, you know, states away. Uh because and never know if that uh resonates just through, you know, websites or various articles. But uh man, that uh that's great to hear. Yeah, so um you're right. My grandparents started a crab crab processing plant um, down in a little little hardly known area of Maryland um, in Dorchester County uh, called Crochran. And um, you know, a very very small, I guess, fishing village for for lack of a better terminology. Um, you know, but in in 1947, it's just. Uh, it was a great business to be in, and uh, so yeah, they they set up a crab factory directly on the water, uh, you know, pretty much right around a body of water near Fishing Bay, um, which is you know is part of the part of Chesapeake Bay and larger uh, tributaries. But um yeah, so they so essentially what they did was you know every day all day they would you know pack uh, crab meat, hand picked crab meat. And uh, whatever fish the the guys and gals out on the water brought in that day, and 
so they would go through the you know labor intense process of of picking crab meat pound for pound and uh you know essentially load that up on trucks and drive that to any various retail outlets or um you know consumers that were restaurants or distributors and you know we're talking about 1947 so you know as far as refrigeration goes it was really just you know and if you look on our website you can kind of still see the big old truck you know they were still heating ice blocks into the back of the truck to keep all this uh, seafood nice and cold for the you know maybe long trip to baltimore which you know, now you can get there in an hour and 15 minutes or so from here. But back then, you know, trucks were a little slower, roads were a little bit slower. And, um, yeah, so, you know, if you can kind of imagine what was going on in 1947 and fast forward to today, 2016, and just the, uh, the amount of connection to the area, to the process, um, to the seafood industry, to the restaurant industry, and uh, if you can just kind of imagine the amount of personal connection and stories that have developed over the time, uh, and you know, you just kind of imagine that encompassed into a little scrappy roadside restaurant on Route 50, and uh, I guess that's kind of what fuels us, so to speak. To, uh, to you know, stay in stay in this restaurant business because it, it's 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 wild one. It's a wild business, but um, yeah, it's 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 neat to need to have those roots and uh, that story to share for those who are willing to hear. You know, sometimes folks just want to come in and get a fish and chip in a hurry and go on about the day, and we're certainly happy to provide that as well. But uh. Yeah, it's neat. I, I guess um, maybe the best way to go about this is just for you to fire off some questions and um, you know, get into it and and talk about how, uh, you know, over the decades what we've done has either stayed the same or changed and perhaps the reasons why. Uh, but there's a lot of adapting going on, that, that's for certain. Well, I mean, you all, I know it went from, the, you know, what it originally was and then you started doing um if I, if I read correctly you started doing counter service and carry out years ago and then it's evolved into full service so um things ha have changed uh for the business and and it's evolved over time which is great and probably will continue to what um what are some of the values that that have not changed um Travis and what attracted you uh, to be a part of something that's been in the family as long as it has? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, first and foremost, the, the thing that hasn't changed is uh, just uh, just a feeling of belonging to a certain extent and, I guess, family dedication. And, you know, when I, when I say family, I'm talking about extended family as well. I mean, I think... Uh, Dorchester County is truly an area where when you hear people say it takes a village kind of to raise a person, you know, that's very much alive here. So I guess one of the things that attracted me into it is just uh, just that really strong sense of community and uh, 
really strong family pride, I guess, in what and in, in what we do and what we've kind of enjoyed uh, for several years uh, throughout the history of it and fought for for several years throughout the history, too. It's kind of like once you sink your teeth into something, you don't really want to walk away from it, even if the... Uh, even if the punches are coming pretty hard, but but I get and and number two, you know, just as purely business, what's always remained consistent is uh, dedication to using 100% domestic uh, blue crabs, and uh, you know that's right around the time where I guess looking back on it now, where I kind of made my decision to uh, really jump both feet first into this thing is uh, it was a time where imported crab meat was really just hammering away at um, at the market share of domestic crab meat, you know, whether it was Maryland crab meat, uh, Virginia crab meat, Carolina crab meat, Louisiana, what have you. Uh, there, you know, there was a there's a big there was a big push, and in, in a lot of restaurants were deciding to you know purchase crab meat sourced from either Venezuela, Indonesia, what have you, and which is fine, you know. I, there, there's there's nothing wrong with that product, but the problem with us was always that it was being marketing. You know, people were coming to Maryland, you know, sitting sitting in these waterside restaurants and eating these Maryland style crab cakes, and that was always the key word, style. And as long as you had that on your menu, you could use whatever you wanted. And uh, so, you know, these guys were buying this crab meat from from uh, you know international providers at significantly less cost, and which is you know, and, and sometimes in the restaurant world, I get it. You're running on tight margins. You have to do those things with various products. But for us, you know, where we were so connected to Maryland seafood and, and Maryland crab meat and, and you know, having a background in manufacturing before being in the restaurant business, it really, really created a gigantic amount of respect for the product. And, uh, so I guess you know, maybe maybe I originally kind of jumped back into this business because I was just angry, <laughs> and uh, and I just saw the family could use some help, and I had a ton of energy, and uh, thought that hey maybe I can get in here, and at a time where where the family needs it most, and um, figure out a little bit more about you know, <clears throat> not just the restaurant side of things, but maybe the manufacturing side of things as well, and uh, so I guess it was that. I guess it was the possibility of of us just becoming, you know, a part of history or a part of a crab meat pack and plant that used to exist. And, uh, you know, I guess it was that time and that reality set in that, you know, that that could be gone. So, you know, I guess that's what I guess that's what kind of pushed me over the edge, so to speak, to, to get back in here and really try to start focusing and helping, you know, because I grew up in it. I, you know, I was a kid running around the processing plant, and I was a kid running around the restaurant getting in everybody's way and stealing food off the line, you know, hoping nobody saw it. And, but, you know, then I went off to went off to school for several years in Virginia and studied something completely outside of the restaurant business and really loved it, really liked it. And, uh, and straight out of school, I had to make a decision pretty quick got some job offers in this field that I had studied and uh but that just it was just this overwhelming magnetism towards, you know, the family business and towards this town and uh and just the deep roots that are here. So 
I guess that's a pretty long answer to your question, but uh, hopefully. I can no, have... and that's 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 great. I mean, what? How, how long have you been? How long have you been back in in part of the business? Uh, so, returned from school and um, really kind of sank my teeth in beginning in 2003. So I guess this is what you're you're 13 or so. So a little over a decade. Were you? Was the business ever in? in I mean, did you ever consider? Using imported crab meat, or is that something that your family would would not do no matter what? Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that we definitely draw a line on the sand. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot in this world that requires flexibility and and, and openness, and uh, but that's that's one thing that you know I guess we would sooner you know take crab cakes off the menu than. I think I think for us it's just uh, it's it's too much a core of what what we are, what we came from, and, w- and what the history of of our family business is. And and you know that that really comes from pops. Uh, he, <laughs> it was, you know, there was there was a couple of years where you know that crab meat was really infiltrating the market, and um, you know the guys would come by and bring in samples, and they you know they wouldn't last too long in here before he kind of politely but pretty sternly, you know, asked them to walk back out the same door they came in and he didn't even want that, you know, a can of that product to be seen in this place, uh, I guess to put it to put it politely. But uh no, I think that's you know, we've certainly drawn the line there and, and never wavered from that. And yeah, that's in in our minds we're pretty proud about that. What has um what have been some of the changes that you've seen in the 13 years that you've been a part of the business? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I guess, I guess the biggest thing when I originally got back, you know, the really the backbone of our business was still the crab meat manufacturing and, um, you know, and selling steam crabs uh, in the restaurant uh, as well as retail, wholesale, you name it. And uh, so it just so happened that, you know, about the time I got back is is also when things started getting a little tough there. You know, the local harvests were down. The imported crab meat was, was flooding the market. And um, so, you know, we were kind of you know, getting pretty close to panic mode. So, you know, one of the areas that I thought that I could be of help was in the actual, in the actual operation of, I guess the restaurant portion of the business, which which at that time, you know, we were still very much a, you know, mom and pop, walk in, place your order at the counter, um, you know, get a little table tent with a number on it, and uh, when your food was up, we'd either, you know, yell your number out or, or, or somebody would bring the food by. And it was very simple, you know. It was it was crab cake sandwiches and soft crab sandwiches and cheesesteak subs and, and things of that nature that were designed to be just, you know, quick, quick comfort foods, and so you know people wouldn't spend much time here. And uh, but it was also super casual and, and easygoing. But but I felt that we had, you know, I felt that we had room to to grow there, so to speak, or improve. Or, and, and in my mind at the time, you know, I thought you know, I had cooked enough through high school and everything. I thought you know I can jump in here and I can do this. And I'm sure I know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> Turns out it's not that easy at all, but uh, 
you know, but nonetheless, I, I stuck to it and, and I learned and I just kept trying to develop, um, develop a different menu, develop a different style of service. And through, and through the course of several years, and I'd say even, even still today, um, you know, we've, we've basically converted from what was a manufacturing facility with a little sandwich shop in the front to, a, you know, now we're a now we're a full sit down, full service. Um, I guess the real deal restaurant, as you would you know, as you would expect to. You know, families bring their kids, bring their you know, people. Anybody in the community comes in. Great craft beer program, uh, steam crabs. We have a beer garden outside now. We've got you know our menu. We've certainly learned and improved that over the years, and we're focusing more and more on you know, products from around this region. And uh, so it's, yeah, I guess we've kind of converted into a simple in-and-out uh, sandwich shop to a full sit-down. Uh, and then not only that, but, uh, you know, I guess there's been different periods of time where different family members were involved. And uh, and to be quite honest, the only reason we even had a kitchen in the first place is, uh, you know, when we... When we moved here to Cambridge uh, and opened the second crab meat facility, you know, at that point, uh, my father's father had passed away, and uh, and uh, my grandmother, everybody around here knows her as Nanny. You know, she's not the type to sit still. She was she was highly involved uh, up until nine until she was ninety two. You know, she was still here and and involved in some way in the day to day process and. Uh, so to be quite honest, Pops basically built her a kitchen to just, that's what she loved to do. She loved to cook. So he built her a professional kitchen to just tinker around in. And uh, and then each year, you know, you, you develop or, or modify or adapt or change or whatever. So it's kind of Nanny's, in a way, it was Nanny's playhouse for a few years uh, and, and <laughs> just, to, just to keep her... Uh, just keep her mind occupied and keep her involved in the business. And, uh, you know, that was back in 1986. And uh, so, yeah, there's, there's, and I've got two sisters and a brother who all at one point uh, have been involved. Uh, My older sister, Laura, is now very involved. She pretty much runs the front of the house operations now. And, uh, yeah, man, so, geez, I guess we could kind of just look at a timeline and talk about each year and, kind of what was going on with the business, what was going on with, you know, different parts of the family or different parts of the crew family involved. And, and uh, man, just uh, a lot can happen in, you know, three decades, let alone counting back to 1947. But uh, I don't even remember where we started. Well, what, what no, was the yeah, I mean, well, 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 let me ask you this. I mean, you, um, I was asking you what had changed, and then, but you, you know, I know when you came in, you felt like you said, you know, I guess it maybe seemed easier before you got involved than it did after you got involved. What were some of the things about the restaurant business that were much more challenging than you had anticipated? Yeah, good, great question. You know, I guess um, it, it it doesn't stop. You know, I think um, 
I guess you, uh, you might, I can only speak, you know, for myself, but I guess, I guess myself, I'd kind of always thought that I knew enough about it because I had, you know, cooked on the line at while I was in high school and, you know, I had this inflated confidence that, hey, I'm, I'm not bad at this, so uh, I think I know what's going on here. And then, you know, when you come back and you, you know, you're not just working weekends or not just working evenings, but but you know that you're responsible for every product and to a certain degree every person under this roof um, on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, we're working with really high-quality but highly perishable product. You know, man, with blue crabs, the, the shelf life on these things, uh, you know, is, it is very, 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 very narrow window. Um, so you have to be on top of it. You have to know your product flow, and uh, and and you know not not overbet because you can't really you can't really afford to take losses when you're when you're talking about a twenty five dollar to thirty dollar per pound um, product. And um, you know I guess young young and coming into it, it you know I probably I definitely was not as organized as I should have been. But the energy was there, and the willingness was there, and um, so yeah, just you know, there was a lot of nights. We you know, at that time we were running Monday through Saturday. Uh, now we were closed Sundays, but we were running Monday through Saturday, and so you know, my days would start at you know ten o'clock at the latest. But if we were picking crabs that day, you know, we could be in here anywhere from six thirty to seven in the morning, and then you get that part of the day done, and you run the row lunch, and then dinner starts up, you know, and then you're you're cleaning your last one, cleaning the restaurant down. So a lot of nights you're not out of here till ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, and uh, you're up very, you know, then the very next morning getting right back into it. So it's it's a, uh, and anybody in the restaurant business can tell you it's it's a nonstop grind, and you can't take, you know, you can't take your eye off the ball. Otherwise, you, uh, you know, you're gonna start start taking losses, or, or quality control is gonna start slipping, and uh, you know, and that's. And on a good night, that's the amount of sleep you got. That's not if your, you know, walk-in cooler went down and you get that phone call at two in the morning that you got to come back over, or if the crab truck that you were expecting, you know, at eight o'clock if they broke down, and then you got to come back over at two or three in the morning. So it's really, uh, it's an around-the-clock, um, ever-demanding kind of type of business, and uh, and you know you have to. Yeah, there's a lot of follow-up that has to happen too. So while you, you're pretty much always going forward, 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 you know, but you have to have that ability to reflect while you're moving forward, uh, <laughs> so that you can improve. Otherwise, uh, you know, we, and and I think beneficial for us, Will, is that we our work lifestyle has kind of adapted to the crab harvest to a certain extent so you know now here in 2016 in the past several years we we actually completely shut down um you know in the winter uh which is nice you kind of you know get to recharge just as a human being but then you also get to reflect on the year and uh, i feel like most of the improvements that you know we've made over the past decade have come from just random aha moments in those winter months when uh when you're you know when your mind isn't going a thousand miles an hour uh 
And then once again, I've rambled. I don't even remember the original question. Man, I've got to, I've got to get like a buzzer. If I get off track, you got to hone me back in here. No, man, that's all. No, I love this. This is, this is, um, you just, just going through what's on your mind relative to the question. So it was around what was more challenging than you anticipated. So that's awesome. And you know, the moments of serendipity tend to happen more when we're, when we slow down, which is a great advantage to a restaurant like yours that can close for a period of time. I'm curious though, what, it is a grind. Even if you close for the winter months, uh, it's, it is a grind, as you said. Um, and there's a lot to the business that gets overlooked when people are first getting into it, whether it's somebody like yourself who's been in the business or been around the business your whole life. Uh, you still overlook things. Imagine folks that have never been part of the business that think they want to start a restaurant. Uh, there's a lot that can be overlooked. Right. On the flip side of that, what are the things that keep you motivated and keep you engaged and keep you inspired to um, continue to go through that grind? Good question. Um, You, you know, fortunately, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of sources of, of good energy uh, in terms of that. And, you know, and a lot of it just happens. I mean, number one answer is just the, the connections to the connections to, uh, you know, not only local, loyal local uh, uh, customers, but you know, people who travel through here. It, 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 you know, we've we've become, you know, Ocean Odyssey has become kind of this landmark, this this evolving but unchanged and consistent landmark that there's just this, you know, every year when we reopen kind of like you get this reunion with you know thousands of people that have been part of your life and a close part of your life for as long as you can remember it and uh so it's pretty you know it's pretty pretty great when when you can come to work and uh you know focus on just the pure work parts of it but at any given moment you know, somebody's going to walk through that door and it's just going to be fantastic to see them and, and just, and just share the stories. And, and, and oftentimes, you know, it, it is a grind, but you forget sometimes that you're even, when things are going right and you just, you forget that you're even working and uh, it just becomes kind of, you know, you're just part of a living story rather than, you know, watching the clock and saying, all right, I've only got to work for, you know, seven more hours and then I can go live. Uh, you know, for us, it's, they're kind of two in the same. Um, and uh, I don't know, I, I guess uh, you certainly, uh, that, that charges, that charges your batteries, definitely. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, I guess, you know, over the course of, over the course of the years, you you know, and you're you're uh, you you know you become invested in this, and there's so there's ideas that you know that I would like to see come to fruition a couple years from now, if you know, based on if a few things go right. So, you know, you're fueled by good memories of the past. Uh, I'm fueled by 
the coworkers that you know that 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 are here with us now there's it's 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 wild a lot of you know a lot of a lot for a lot of people this is their first job you know a lot of people who live in the community kids who are in school and they come here and you know they just get a job busting tables for a summer and then you know 8 years later you know you're still working side by side with them in in a completely different role you know and and they're laughing and 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 kind of talking about hey i remember when this and i remember when that and so you you know you develop these develop these real relationships that are you know that are within people you know people within your community and and not only that but we uh it was pretty neat well i think this year we had i think somebody came on and I, I got to check if this is the correct generation, but I think it's the fifth generation of their family who, at some point, you know, had, had worked in one fashion or another, uh, you know, through through our company. Like their great great grandmother used to pick crabs down in the Croatian factory, and then here they are today, and you're like, wow, you know that that uh, I mean, that's just neat. You know, so that something like that happens, and then and we just had our 30th anniversary, and we threw, you know, we threw a pretty big celebration for that, and just kind of seeing seeing the people, you know, come to that, and and them sharing their stories, and just little little glimpses of their life, and like what what Ocean Odyssey's kind of meant to them, and uh, so every time you kind of get you know tired or or, or you know a little bit second guessing yourself. It's like a, a story, like a story from somebody comes through and just completely, you know, just fills you up with all kinds of reasons to keep on, uh, keep on keeping at it. I love it, man. I love it. Um, tell me about um, you've had a lot of staff coming over the years. What's tell me about the workforce today? What's different now than let's say you know a decade ago, if anything. Yeah, no, I'd say, you know, that that's interesting, and I and I think, you know, I think where we are today is, and we've had we've had wonderful people, you know, throughout throughout the entire history. Now, obviously, I'm a little closer with the workforce here today because, you know, I kind of was cutting my teeth as a young, not so great leader in this business at the same time as, as some of the crew uh, that are here today, uh, you know, so they've, they've helped me along the way. And, you know, and I, and now I realize how important it is for me to, you know, help them along the way too. I, I guess I, you know, straight out of college, I was all energy and just, I would try to cook a thousand miles an hour and if people could keep up and I, you know, I'd be like, wow, hey, that person's great. But now, now it's like, I just see, I see this willingness to learn and this uh and really great leadership qualities in, in young crew members here that that have expressed their interest to, you know, grow their role within the company and uh, uh you know it's it's neat. It's like uh so back uh, my brother used to work here like uh, in the early two thousands, him and I worked together and uh you know, I remember we hired, you know, one of our first hires was a young kid, same thing, just came into work dishwashing station for a summer. And, uh, you know, now he's 24, 25, and, uh, and he uh, developed a love later in his role here for, for craft beer. And what was kind of happening 
um, you know, at this restaurant and so forth. But, but he really got into it. And now, and you know, so we kind of had the opportunity to kind of mentor him once he was going through college because he, you know, he was kind of down on himself because he didn't get a job right out of school and, and he, you know, he didn't, he wasn't doing what he, people thought he was supposed to be doing and he tried going into the insurance business and just it wasn't for him and he was just miserable and but you know an opportunity came came up to work at a package store and you know somewhere in the back of his mind you know he was like oh, I got a college degree I can't just stock shelves for and I told him I was like just go do it because you're going to meet all kinds of industry guys, and uh, so and anyway, make a long story short, you know, here we are a few years later, and he's a regional salesman or um, for a distributor, and he's just doing a great, you know, he's doing a great job. I mean, the guy's out there and uh, completely has uh, come out of his shell, and, uh, and you know, and it's nice to kind of watch that happen. Say, wow, you know, that kid was, you know, 14, 15 years old when he first came in here washing dishes, and look at him now, really kind of uh, coming to his own. So, uh, yeah, well, I keep I keep referring to family, but um, it's really true. I mean, the you know people we work with and people we to live with in in this town, you're part of it. You're you're connected in so many different ways. So it's you know we're here we're here now. We're here for focusing on service. You know, every afternoon and every dinner. But there's all these other things happening too that, uh, you know, once once service is over and and the connection uh, with with all these all these people is just uh, just phenomenal. That's that's fantastic. Um, the um, when you mentioned, uh, you, I think you said when you first came out, maybe you could have been a little bit more organized and you were all energy. How has that changed and why is being organized important within your business? Yeah, great, great question. Um, I guess it's changed in that, you know, like I said, you really get to kind of evaluate in the wintertime when we shut down, you really can evaluate, you know, what went right, where can we improve, and then kind of get down to the how can we improve part of it. And uh, so the ability to really review uh, the strengths and weaknesses over the course of the year and then just knowing, well, this didn't go right. Okay, how can we fix that? And and and, and your world's going slow enough when the, when the restaurant's not open that you can really kind of analyze every little thing, like, you know, why is the dining room set up this way and how can moving these tables here and moving these tables here, how can that better, you know, the experience for the customer or how can that allow for our front of house crew to, you know, navigate through the aisles, so to speak, or navigate through the tables, uh, you know, with better flow. Uh, and, And in the kitchen, how can, you know, how can I how can I improve? I gotta re- I gotta read some more books. Obviously, I've got to you know immerse myself in in this cooking, and then and then not only that, but having I guess you know having enough respect for the, the these crew members that you're working with to share the things that you didn't do well, you know. And and for me, it was like 
I kind of just try to learn things like a bowling ball and just keep going, but then, you know, share all the stories of, hey, don't do this this way because, and then tell them, you know, how I messed up. And, and, and that helps. And I think when you, you know, for us, or, or through my experiences, when when you can tell people, hey, I messed this up and, and you should do it this way because, and actually share that story with them, then that sticks. And then they realize, hey, you know, this, this person's this person's trying to help me develop, not just bossing me around, telling me what to do. And, and so I guess... Um, but you yeah, really so try to lead by example and coaching and helping people improve and um that's a that's your leadership style it sounds like yeah yeah i guess uh i guess <laughs> you're you're a lot better at verbalizing it but yes yeah, so, i mean yeah co- coaching that's it i mean it uh you know how how can uh you know, that's that's the way i try to look at it is like how can i help somebody do this task better right now and do I need to even be involved and, uh, you know, do they want me to? And, and so it's, yeah, it's, a, that's, I guess it's absolutely like coaching to a certain extent. And then, you know, every once in a while you, you know, you're on the sidelines and you're coaching and every once in a while you got to hop in based on, you know, what's happening that day. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, sharing the stories of what has worked, what hasn't worked, developing systems has been a big thing that, uh, what no type of um, just they, we break break down the week. You know, this is what has to happen on Monday, every Monday. This is what has to happen every Tuesday. And not only that, but you know, so you know, as far even just like let's you know let's break down our ordering days. Let's break down our prep days, our power levels. Um, all these kind of where we used to be a very I guess reactionary we would just come in get fully prepared we'd have no idea what we were getting fully prepared for but we would be fully prepared and we'd remain in this mental state of preparedness <laughs> and, and uh, you know by by eight or nine o'clock at night you were just burnt out beyond belief because you just we didn't know what to expect so you know we've we've really tried to hone in and, and, and know our targets a lot better and, and try to anticipate the flow of the of the restaurant on a week-to-week basis and uh, and understanding that in this area, you know, we, we're in a, you know, we're in, we're in Dorchester County, which is a phenomenal area, but there are definitely spikes of population and tourism, you know, during the summer months. And so our, you know, the way we operate in April versus August versus November three entirely different ball games um so we have to we have to adapt you know <laughs> we have to adapt uh our methods throughout the year so it, it's it's really tricky to you know teach people this is what we have to do and then as soon as they grasp that it's like okay now we have to change this <laughs> because you know there there's these it's a yeah, it's a it's a roller coaster. Of, uh, but I guess back to the original question, yeah, systems systems to make the 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 absolute pertinent everyday necessities of of having fresh 
perishable product. Um, how can we create systems that allow us to, uh, you know, serve them at their best and 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 not not take losses uh, by overordering or preparing them incorrectly or so that's just that's I guess that's an example of one. Um, you mentioned that you know you've always used um, blue crab. Um, you've always used American blue crab meat, um, and you said that you've over the last few years you've been using more and more um, local providers. Are you seeing customers? appreciating that or ex- even expecting that more today than they used to? In other words, are they more attuned to where their food is coming from than perhaps they were, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? Yeah, I think absolutely will. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's a, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty regularly talked about, um, the the questions used to come piling in about that and uh, we were always you know we were always happy to give the answers because you know and once again tracing back to the fact that we were a manufacturer before we were a restaurant so that that appreciation for the product you know it was already it, it was there i mean it's instilled in us but yeah the customer customer base um Really, I think really enjoys that, and uh, we've tried to communicate that more on our menu so that it it didn't necessarily have to go into the question phase. Like we wanted people were proud of it, so we wanted people to know about it, you know, as soon as they sat down, without mm. you know without without hitting them over the head with it either. Like we you know we don't we don't we don't name every single thing on the menu per se, but we're, uh, if anybody's interested in knowing more about it, we're certainly happy to talk about it. And uh, and, and oftentimes, uh, you know, a lot of the providers we're, we're getting products from are in the restaurant with people. So it's kind of neat when, you know, just the 30th anniversary came, somebody came up and was talking about, oh, I really, you know, I really enjoyed that food. And, and literally the farmer <laughs> was next to them in line. And uh, so, you know, right there, you can introduce somebody and it's, and, and you know, and all everything they were curious about, you know, you're getting information right from the, I guess what they say, the horse's mouth, I guess. <laughs> when you put it. No, I think there's there's definitely um, definitely an awareness, and and certainly um, a curiosity for people like what are they eating and why, and I, I think that's great. Um, <clears throat> what uh, do you think? Or do you know folks that uh, have gotten into the restaurant business and uh, perhaps it wasn't the right fit or they weren't successful? Um, So what are some of the things you think people misunderstand before they get into the restaurant business that uh, can, can... make it hard to be successful in the business. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, man, there's, there's a lot to, a lot to consider, um, you know, with that, with that question. And, and it can change drastically based on, 
you know, what what part of the country in your own, you know, what let alone what state, what's population size, there's all that fun stuff. But the, the fact is, yeah. is there's always there's always room for you know a great product. Um but yeah, there's uh I think there's probably probably a one of the misunderstandings is I don't think a lot of people necessarily um are aware of, of how much it costs to run a restaurant. You know, if um mm. you know, having having the parking lot packed on on the weekends, it you know, it it's it's a great and necessary thing, but uh it you know, this from the it doesn't matter what time of day, if you know, if the if the clock is ticking, there's an expense um happening whether you like it or not. And uh so there it it's it's truly a business where almost every sector of business is related to it. I mean there's there there's there's the finance part of it, there's the technology part of it, there's uh, you know the labor market part of it. There's the understanding of law part of it. There's uh, you know agriculture. You name it. Every sector of, of of commerce and of business as we know it is connected somehow within the restaurant business. So it, it, it it's it's a whole lot more than just saying, hey, I've got these great recipes. Let's um, <laughs> let's Let's uh let's get this thing going and and uh and then I guess on top of that too is is understanding um that it's you're really you're not you're not starting a business you're it, if you're getting into the restaurant business you're you're starting a whole new lifestyle and mm. uh I don't really know that you can I, I don't really know if uh if you can avoid that, because uh, cause it really is, it's a it's a it's a nonstop everyday uh, commitment, and it can be a great one. Don't get me wrong; it can be amazing. Um, but it, but it is, if you haven't been involved in, in one before, it you'll be very surprised by how you know time time it, it is going to your time is going to be spent every day all day thinking about it and figuring it out and trying to improve it and worrying about it and celebrating because of it and and, and, and you name it. But it, it, it's, it's, it's not really a business. If you're, if you're in it, it it's a lifestyle. It's, <laughs> I guess, plain and simple, the, the shortest explanation of it. And, and it can be a great one. It can be a great one, but it, it is, it is one of the, it's one of the biggest commitments you'll ever make. For sure. Um, I guess is is there anything else that uh, we haven't talked about that you would like to talk about, or that you think would be important to uh, discuss? Well, you know, I don't know. Um, well, this is we covered been, a lot. <laughs> yeah, we have. You know, and well, in case you can't tell, I'm usually I'm usually working, not talking. <laughs> so this is uh this has been kind of. Kind of neat for me because I yeah I'm I don't know I'm kind of a heads down heads down keep on working mentality kind of guy but but like I said I just uh, I really have appreciated the content that you guys 
have put out there, you know, not only in your book, um, but, you know, the blogs and just, um, I, I enjoy you all's philosophy and I, and I, and, and I also know that sometimes some, you know, restaurant folks don't always necessarily want to talk to people and you, and you get some great, you know, I've listened to several of your, uh, I guess, uh, you know, interviews and I, I just think that, uh, you all, you all provide a service to this industry that is a very helpful, but then the, uh, I guess the respect you treat your customers with really resonates, um, resonated with me. And, uh, so I you know, keep on doing what you're doing, uh, cause it, it's helpful. It's very helpful. And I've, I've, uh, I've gotten on here and just had some aha moments through your uh, blogs and interviews, and uh, so I appreciate what you all do. Oh, man, that's real nice of you. I appreciate that very much, Travis. We love doing it. We feel like we're so fortunate. To, I mean, gosh, we serve uh, thousands and thousands of awesome restaurants, so um, just that we can capture some tiny percent of what folks are doing is really special to us and we love doing it and love hearing stories like yours and love listening to folks that are doing what you do every day. And I think you said it well, and I do believe that that is one of the things that I've heard consistently from successful restaurant owners is you have your sleeves up and your head down and you're, you're grinding through it day in and day out. And that mentality is, to me, one of the, frankly, very few common threads I've found because there are so many ways to be successful in the business and so many different styles, I guess, that I've uh, uh, that people have uh, based on the folks I've talked to. But but one thing is for sure is that they're all um, – not doing a lot of talking <laughs> and they're they're doing a lot of working and they're working hard and they're doing it day in and day out and so like you a lot of times folks haven't even thought through uh taking the time to think through or certainly haven't talked through a lot of the stuff that we talk about here so which is great because you're too busy focused on uh your business and that's such a great mentality and I would argue a very critical mentality to have to be successful in a business that you said very early on in our conversation is a wild business and it certainly is wild. Uh, but one that, <laughs> that, that clearly you have a lot of passion for and your family has a lot of passion for and your community has passion for what you're doing. And it's a great story and it's inspiring. And I think it's very admirable that you've stuck to you know, certain core philosophies, particularly being, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, you've only used that American blue crab meat all throughout these decades of doing it, and that's something to hang your hat on for yourself and for your family and for your team. So I appreciate you doing it, man, and I know you are busy, and you do have a lot of work to do, so I'm going to let you get back to it, but uh, really appreciate you taking the time to talk today. Hey, this is great. Appreciate it, man. I uh, keep on doing what you're doing. If you're ever up in Cambridge, stop on by and leave some crabs. You can count on it, my man. You can count on it. I really, really do appreciate it, and uh, we'll stay in touch for sure. All right. Sounds great. Travis, have a good one, man. Thanks. You too. All right. Take care. Bye.